I am Bishop Robert Gruss, the Bishop of the Diocese of Rapid City. In late May of 2015, the Diocese of Rapid City began an envisioning process meant to assist in clearly defining a course for ministry for the diocese for the next three to five years. The outcome of this process would help to strengthen and focus the resources of the diocese so that more effective ministry could be carried out in building up the church in western South Dakota. From this planning process came the Diocesan Priority Plan, outlining a carefully defined mission statement to serve as the foundation. It also produced a set of core values that guides how we conduct ourselves as a diocese, a five-year vision statement to direct our plans, three major priorities for the diocese with supporting goals, and goals for the foundational ministries of the church in western South Dakota. In July of 2016, I completed a pastoral letter entitled Through Him, With Him, and In Him, a spiritual guide to the diocesan priority plan. This document clearly defines the priority plan, and I have invited and encouraged everyone in the diocese to read and carefully engage this pastoral plan so that, as our sacred mission states, each of us can do our part in attracting and forming intentional disciples who joyfully, boldly, and lovingly proclaim and live the mission of Jesus Christ, leading to eternal life. What you are about to hear is a reading from Through Him, With Him, and In Him, a spiritual guide to the diocesan priority plan, followed by a group discussion with a panel of laymen and women and me. Chapter 6. Diocesan Five-Year Statement of Vision I begin with a quote from Nelson Mandela. Quote, Vision without action is just a dream. Action without vision just passes the time. And vision with action can change the world. End of quote. Doing what we have always been doing is a very easy way of life that leads to routine, stagnation, boredom, and ultimately to death. This means that an organization will never become what it is called to be. Every organization needs to take the time to reorient itself in order to become something more or something greater. Without doing this, experience shows that the Catholic way of life can then become stagnant or prefunctory instead of lively and inspirational. Walter Brueggemann, a Protestant Old Testament scholar and theologian, used a schema in his book entitled The Spirituality of Psalms to relate the human experience of the Hebrew people in the relationship with God and his redeeming love. Psalms of Orientation Songs of Guaranteed Creation Psalms of Disorientation Songs of Disarray Psalms of New Orientation Songs of Surprising New Life This is also a foreshadowing of the Paschal Mystery, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Father Robert Rivers, OSP, uses this framework to describe the change in the church when he speaks of orientation as a place of comfort and absence of tension, and disorientation as the dislocation and distress we feel when our old paradigm no longer enables us to deal with new experiences, and reorientation is what comes with the experience of putting ourselves together again using a new paradigm. Perhaps we can look at our new vision for the diocese in the same way. It would be easy for us to remain in a place of comfort without any tension, but that would not be answering the call into the mission of the gospel. 
Nelson Mandela prescribes a new vision that allows us to seek a new orientation, a new way for us to look at who we are and what we are called to be, so that together we can change the world. Isn't this the call of every disciple, to go out and change the world? In the words of St. Catherine of Siena, quote, Be who God meant you to be, and you will set the world on fire. End of quote. To live the mission of Jesus Christ is to set the world on fire, to go out and change the world. It is to help others have a better life, because like Jesus, others are worth the sacrifices we make for them. Pope Francis encourages us, quote, I am a mission on this earth. That is the reason why I am here in this world. We have to regard ourselves as sealed, even branded, by this mission of bringing light, blessing, enlivening, raising up, healing, and freeing. If we are to share our lives with others and generously give of ourselves, we also have to realize that every person is worthy of our giving. They are God's handiwork, His creation. God created that person in His image, and he or she reflects something of God's glory. Every human being is the object of God's infinite tenderness and he himself is present in their lives. Jesus offered his precious blood on the cross for that person. Appearances notwithstanding, every person is immensely holy and deserves our love. Consequently, if I can help at least one person to have a better life, that already justifies the ordering of my life. It is a wonderful thing to be God's faithful people. We achieve fulfillment when we break down walls, and our heart is filled with faces and names. End of quote. Our new vision offers a message of hope and opportunity that draws the people of God to something greater than themselves and inspires them to action. The ideas and thoughts gathered from the listening sessions were instrumental in providing the seeds for creating the vision, vision statement, and discerning priorities for the diocese, and will now focus our efforts over the next three to five years through 2021. This clear vision is our reorientation and becomes the foundation for setting our priority goals and creating the necessary action plans. Some reflection questions. 1. How does change affect me? 2. What changes do I need to make in my faith life to help set the world on fire? 3. How has the mission of Jesus received through my baptism branded me? 4. In what ways is the Lord inviting me to share my life and sacrifice for others? 5. What will help me to look at a new vision for the church in western South Dakota with an openness to the possibilities? Chapter 7. Reconcile, Make Disciples, Live the Mission. I begin with a quote from the Gospel of Mark. So then the Lord Jesus, after he spoke to them, was taken up into heaven and took his seat at the right hand of God. But they went forth and preached everywhere, while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the word through accompanying signs. Vision statements reveal in a simple way the overall vision and mission of an individual or an organization. They are meant to be short so that they can easily be remembered. In being committed to memory, they become an underlying mental picture of what will be important and where one is going. If one would look at the mission statement of Jesus that led to his own priorities, perhaps, though not written in a few short words, it would be this, quote, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring glad tidings to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to captives and recovery of sight to the blind, 
to let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim a year acceptable to the Lord. End of quote. This vision oriented his whole life and mission. Jesus received this mission from the Father, and at the heart of his mission was a revelation of the mystery of divine love and mercy in its fullness. As Pope Francis reflects, the signs he worked, especially in favor of sinners, the poor, the marginalized, the sick, and the suffering, are all meant to teach mercy. Everything in him speaks of mercy. Nothing in him is devoid of compassion. Jesus, seeing the crowds of people who followed him, realized that they were tired and exhausted, lost and without a guide, and he felt deep compassion for them. On the basis of this compassionate love, he healed the sick who were presented to him. And with just a few loaves of bread and fish, he satisfied the enormous crowd. What moved Jesus in all of these situations was nothing other than mercy, with which he read the hearts of those he encountered and responded to their deepest need. The vision of the Diocese of Rapid City should echo in some sense the vision of Jesus in his public ministry. Our vision statement is, Reconcile, Make Disciples, Live the Mission. Our vision statement provides the window in which we see our mission in this new reorientation. These identifying marks, reconcile, make disciples, live the mission, are the foundation stones for moving the diocese forward into the future. Each of them is very important in the sense that they are the building blocks for creating the priorities for the diocesan pastoral plan, thus making more present the kingdom of God in the Diocese of Rapid City for the next five years. Because these six words are easy to memorize, it is the hope that our vision statement will become the common maxim for everyone in the diocese. It will be displayed in many places, in many ways, on many things, so that it is a constant reminder of our new identity, this new reorientation. As this vision becomes an integral part of our lives, as individuals, as families, as parishes, as a diocese, our lives will be reoriented and we will visibly see the world changing around us. Vision with action will tangibly make present the kingdom of God. In other words, to live the mission of Jesus Christ is to change the world. A poem attributed to St. Teresa of Avila has this insight. Christ has no body now but yours. No hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes to which he looks compassion on this world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands to which he blesses all the world. Some reflection questions. 1. What does the diocesan vision statement mean to me? 2. What actions does the vision statement suggest to me? 3. How can I use the vision statement to remind me of my part in the mission of the church? 4. How can our parish use the vision statement to live out our mission more fully? So I'd like to welcome our panel in now for our little conversation today. Um, welcome, the panel. It's great to have you with us. And I would just invite you to introduce yourself, share a little bit about you, and then we'll move into, into our, our conversation. My name is Barb Honeycutt, and I am the superintendent for the Rapid City Catholic School System. Hi everybody, my name is Mary Helen Olson. I'm a member of the Cathedral Parish and I am the principal at St. Thomas More Middle School. Hello, I'm Margaret Simonson and I'm the Chancellor for the Diocese of Rapid City and I'm also a, a member of the Cathedral Parish. 
Well, great, welcome. Today our conversation is really about the diocesan five-year statement of vision, as well as three parts of the vision statement itself. You know, when you think about a diocesan statement of vision, a five-year statement of vision, like what's our path to get to where we want to be five years from now? So that's kind of where this has come from, and some of you are on the committee that helped formulate this diocesan priority plan, right? I think you were Barb and Mary Helen and Margaret, all three of you were, were part of the planning team. And so you have you do have some experience of, of that that time in the history of this whole thing was put together. And, and I think it's kind of a step away or a move forward from the way the, the diocese had been operating. You know, as, as you know, when I first came here, my goal was to help move us from being a mission diocese to a diocese with a real mission. And so this priority plan has kind of come out of that desire and, and that wish, that goal, really. And so part of the process was to create a five-year statement of vision. And obviously, when we, when we begin to do things in a new way, so this, this five-year vision statement is something new for all, for all of us, for the whole diocese. So we're, we're not going to continue to do what we've always done in the way we've always done it, right? And, and part of the challenge of that, I think, is, is the whole notion of change. That's the whole notion of change. If we're going to move from, from this place to a new place, that's, that's change, right? It's no longer, we're not maintenance mode, but we're really in mission mode. And so, what did people, how do you respond when like, there's this new change is in front of you? And you have to react to that, or not, maybe not react, as maybe we don't want people to react, we want people to respond to changes in a positive way. Why is change so hard to accept? I think for me, the change is my idea, I'm all on board, I'm excited about it. But when it comes externally, then I have to say, hmm, what are they asking me to do? How might I do this? Is this going to be uncomfortable? And sometimes that I maybe I'm not as excited or I don't hop on board as quick. So when we came up with this, since I was on the committee, I was very excited. Well, what I find is that as then you drift away from that point in time of the excitement is having to come back again to revisit the document, having to come back again to say, are you doing this? Are we doing this, whether it's at the school, whether it's in the ministry, in the parish? You know, having to continue to keep the excitement initially alive, that's always that struggle when a long-term vision happens, for me. I think change can be scary for a lot of people. We get very comfortable with what we are doing, and especially if we feel like what we are doing is working. You know, so then a lot of people come and say, why do we need to change? This is working. And I think, you know, it's when, when we look at the whole process and develop our mission and our vision, we just have to be very intentional about where we're going. And this change needs to involve a specific roadmap. You know, we have, there has to be a reason for change, I think is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people just jump in and they just uh, jump on the bandwagon. And we see this in education a lot, mm-hmm. where all these new programs come out, these new curriculums, these new ideas. But you have to be very careful when you are in the process of change, uh, the old saying, not to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Well, I believe that change is constant. And we don't realize that we're changing, but we are. Without change, we stagnate, and when we stagnate, we die. So in order to keep the life of the church moving, we need to change constantly. And I think what change does, it renews your life and it renews your faith. And an example of that is, 
For the Easter Vigil, we have the same readings every year for the Easter Vigil. But because we change our attitudes within a year, those readings don't mean the same to us every year. They change with the way we change. And so I think people will accept change if they know why the change, why the changes are being made. You, know, you look in the corporate world today, uh, most of your big companies, or small companies actually, I mean, it's really a part of their natural growing process, I, I think, is to really to look at what is their mission, first of all. Is this the mission we really desire moving into the future? What's our vision? It's like we did, many corporations, they, they go through this whole process of perhaps re-envisioning re themselves. So where do they want to be in five years or ten years? What they've been doing, is, it, is it, do they want to continue it? Or do, do they see areas in their, in their business plan that needs to change? Because what change oftentimes brings a new opportunity, right? A new opportunity oftentimes brings a growth, one that we would perhaps think about or we didn't expect. But they're, they're opportunities, so they bring opportunities. And certainly, I think as, as you mentioned, you know, changes, Mary Ellen, change is difficult because it's, it's gonna take us out of our comfort zone, right? I mean, you think about what happens in a parish, for example, I mean, you're all faithful Catholics involved in your parishes and what have you. What happens in a parish when the pastor wants to change something, right? What happens? <laughs> Everybody gets kind of anxious, <laughs> and, and really, everybody wants to know why, Father. Why are we doing this, you know, and Father Tim has made some changes. I, I belong to Blessed Sacrament Church. I feel like they're very good, but, but there are a lot of people that just, not that they're opposed to it, but I think that educational piece is, is really important. Mm -hmm. You know, when we do begin to change, to have, like in the church, either the catechesis or in school, so that we're able to tell people, this is why we are doing this, and ultimately this is the end result that we're looking for, and we feel like through changing through this process, it's going to help us arrive at our, our final destination. Well, I, you know, I feel that the basis of change is having trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord to lead us where he wants us to go. Well, that's not necessarily where we want to go, but if we trust that he's going to lead us where he wants us to go, I, I think we can accept change so much more. You know, I look back in my life as a person uh, growing up in post-World War II England, I would never have dreamt I'd be sitting here doing this discussion with you people. I mean, the Lord has led me in all kinds of places that I never dreamt he would lead me. And I questioned, why me? Why am I doing this? And yet, I sit here today and think, wow, it's been a great ride. You know, the statement of vision always refocuses, I think, an organization, right? It refocuses, I think, or at least maybe, maybe not refocus, but it certainly intentionally focuses organizations' mission, right? Obviously, the mission of the diocese is to proclaim the gospel. And, and we all know there's different ways of doing it. You know, we, we receive our mission from Jesus. Jesus received his mission from the Father. And so the diocese receives its mission from, from the gospel, from Christ himself. Parishes receive their mission. It flows from the mission of the diocese. It's a straight line you know, from the, you know, God the Father to Jesus to the diocese to the parish. And then it filters down to us as individual Catholics. 
as individuals disciples of Jesus. Well, first of all, as families, and then individual disciples uh, of, of Jesus. And so it's so through that we our our whole mission is is oriented in a new way, perhaps when we come out with a new vision or a new uh, a new statement of vision. You know, Pope Francis, and I, and I quote him in, in this document of Through Him, With Him, and In Him, he, he says this, and I find this kind of interesting because this is his perspective of who he is and his call in this world. He says, I am a mission on this earth. That is the reason why I am here in this world. And he goes on to say, if we are to share our lives with others and generously give of ourselves, we also have to realize that every person is worthy of our giving. So in other words, every person is part of this mission, part of this life of mine, which, you know, the reason I'm here on this earth. And so, what do you think? Have you ever thought of yourself as a mission on this earth? I, I kind of do. And I think, you know, like Margaret, there's a story, a personal story, that the Lord had, had uh, brought me out of an orphanage to live in this country, which was totally unexpected. And so I think that there's, you know, the Lord had a plan. I don't know what that plan is. It certainly is unfolding, and I certainly don't always cooperate very well. Uh, certainly don't always trust it very well. But I think everybody has that. If they really think about their story in their own personal story, everybody has that opportunity to be called by the Lord to do a mission. And so I think perhaps our story is, is was really clear because our, our beginnings would have been something very different than now. But I think everybody has that that the Lord is calling them to do something and that nobody else can do. And so it's an opportunity to explore what is that mission that you have that makes you start to think about it as, as we did this as a diocese. Hmm, what is my part in this? I agree with both of you, with Mary Helen and, and Margaret, because I look back on my life and I was born in a small, tiny town in Wisconsin and I don't know that I, ever, that I had ever heard of Route City, South Dakota when I was younger, but I think the whole piece, the thread that runs through all of this is the gift of faith, because I think we've all been blessed through our families. When I think back about growing up, I was kind of reflecting on this document, and I just think I'm so grateful to have grown up in a small Midwestern farming community, but really grateful for a mother and father who were very, very devoted Catholics, and sent us to Catholic school, elementary school anyway, that's all we had. But I, I think, you know, as, as I was part of the, the planning process or the, the group that helped create this document, the one thing that I really felt strongly about was our conversation about the family. Because I think family being the domestic church, it's just we really have to do whatever we can to strengthen our families. And I think, you know, when you look at a parish, you look at a diocese, you look at, at the, the nation, um, our Catholic Church is all about community, about communion with one another. And when, Bishop, when you ask us about how we feel about, do we have a mission? Yes, definitely we have a mission. And it's to share our faith, it's to share all these stories with one another and to try to, to bring that gospel to everybody. And, and I look at all the wonderful people at Blessed Sacrament Parish and I just think, what a great group of people to be able to worship with, to share with. But I, I really think so much of this stems from the gift of faith, for me personally, that I received as a young girl. And then I just think the Lord has really led me to where I am today. But, but it takes a certain openness 
you know, like both of you said, to be able to let the Lord work in your lives. I'm not sure a lot of people really think about what is their mission in this world? Our culture is so fast-paced and our society is so fast-paced and we spend so much time on smartphones and it doesn't make us any smarter, I don't think, <laughs> necessarily, but it distracts us from really living a mission, I think, oftentimes. But I don't, I don't know that people generally think about in the sense of what Pope Francis was talking about, that I am a mission in this world. I'm a mission on this earth. That's the reason why I am here in this world. But how many families, I mean, a family was brought together by God, right? Okay. With a specific mission. Because we all have a mission. It's been given to us by the Lord. And it comes stems from our baptism, right? Yeah. That's, where, that's where it begins. But do we often, do we really take time to reflect and ask the Lord, Lord, what is, what is my mission that you have given to me? So that I could help me to really understand that and come to know that so I might embrace that perhaps for the first time or embrace it more fully. I would have never envisioned myself here sitting here as a Bishop of Rapid City. <laughs> That's amazing. Going from flying airplanes to the Bishop of Rapid City. Yeah, obviously it took some, a period of time, but that's just bizarre to think about it. Yeah. But w when we begin to live our faith in a very intentional way, I think the Lord really points us in, in, in that direction, points us toward our mission if we desire to, to know what it is. And if we get up every morning and say, Lord, just tell me what you want me to do for you today. I don't care what it is, I will do it. So there's just a deep surrender of our lives and our, our hearts to God. But I think it's the call of every disciple that we've been placed in this world, not to live life for ourselves, but to go out and change the world as Jesus did if we're going to be a disciple of his. Catherine Siena is one of my favorite quotes by her. She says, be who God meant you to be and you will set the world on fire. Isn't that beautiful? Mm -hmm. I mean, we're all called you know, to live the mission of Jesus Christ into which all of us are called is to go out and set the world on fire. This faith that you and I have is so deeply a part of our, our very being. To, to use that to go out and transform the world as Jesus did. Don't you think that when I think of the, the words that we use, mission, vision, and then we try to talk to people about these words, I think, personally, that, that people have been probably living this mission for many, many years, but now we're, we're trying to, when we create this vision for the church or this vision for our family or for our school, we're putting it under this title of vision and mission. And I think it's causing people to really, when we talk about going out and evangelizing, I think people really have to reflect and be committed to prayer and being open to probably taking this one step further. I think a lot, I think about, you know, a lot of people that I know, they are doing many, many, many good things for the church, you know, and many, many, many good things for their family. But I don't really know if they look at that as evangelizing or as trying to promote moving moving the church ahead or do you understand what I'm saying? Well, or even or, looking at all of this all of the great things that they do right out of a sense of a mission mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know this is out of a sense of this is just my job I mean this is this what, what I, I do as a parent yeah. this is what I do as a whatever it might be but they don't it's sometimes it's, it's people don't always connect their life to a mission right right, right. and then and if they do then what does that mission really look like and, and how would they articulate that? I mean, I, sometimes I challenge people all the time. What, what is, what's your own personal mission statement? What? A personal yeah. mission statement. Well, if we don't have a mission statement, then how do we know where we're going? But what is our mission? Mm 
mission statement really helps determine how we live our life and the, and the purpose of that in this world. Yeah. So I just encourage family, what's the mission of your family? Has your family created a mission statement? And your kids have been a part of that mission, of that, of that cre- the creation yeah. of, of that. And the vision, where do you want your family to be five years from now? Because it's coming out of this mission. The vision comes out of the mission. And, and that's how we created a new mission statement back, way back when, right? The Diocese of Rapid City, through the power of the Holy Spirit, are called to attract and form intentional disciples who joyfully, lovely, lovingly, and boldly proclaim and live the mission of Jesus Christ leading to eternal life. So that is the mission statement of the diocese. And from that came this vision statement. And what is our vision statement? We'll move into that now, but our vision statement is to, it's three simple phrases. Three simple phrases which we should be able to easily commit this to memory. It's to reconcile, make disciples, and live the mission. And so when we think about that, I mean, there's there's simple words. Mission statements are meant to be short so that we can commit them to memory. So they can be constantly in our hearts and minds. So this is who we are and this is where we're going. This is what we see. This is this is the vision for the diocese to, to reconcile, to bring people to reconciliation in many forms. There's many forms. We'll talk about that in another segment. But to it's our call as as disciples to go out and make disciples. That's part of the that's our mission. But it's coming through this vision, and then we live this mission, this mission of, of Jesus Christ. You know, in the, when we were in committee working on this, it was just absolutely amazing that there were so many of us coming from so, so many different backgrounds that we actually narrowed it down to where we did. And yet, it just seemed so perfect and so <coughs> obvious. Mm-hmm. And I think that the reconcile, make disciples, and live the mission has been happening for ages and ages and decades and decades. It's just that we take what's been done in the past, we make it our own, and then we add to it for the future to bring it all into perspective in the life we live now with the people on this earth. I don't think it's an accident that we're all on this earth together at this point in time. I think that's part of God's plan. And it's very exciting, it's very humbling to realize that we're part of this plan for the whole world. The other thing I was thinking about with this particular vision statement is our diocese is very diverse, as Margaret said. I mean, we come from, you know, reservation, the farm and cattle and all our ranch communities, and then here in the hills. And they're very distinct kind of personalities of the people. And yet to say that these particular words resonate at each of these community levels. I think each community had a need for some reconciling. Each of these communities were, there was that desire to make disciples, but yet unique into how their community did that. And the desire to to say, you know, how do we live a mission? I think it was there, but what this vision did is it just really tightened that focus and it gave a focus for that conversations at each of these areas that also unified us as a diocese, even in spite of our, our very different kind of backgrounds. And I think that was, that's the kind of the, the genius of having mission statements and vision statements is to say, how do we take all this diversity and let's lead us to the Lord. Let's, let's take all of this to get work us to heaven, to get all of us to heaven. And not just the Catholic people in the pews, not just the people in, in our parishes, but 
everybody. And I think that was something that really struck me as you spoke about, Bishop, is I'm responsible for everybody, not just the 25, 30,000 Catholics. I'm responsible for everybody. They're under my shepherd's care. That's that's kind of mind-boggling when you think about that. So then how do we respond to that as, as communities, as parishes, to not just the parish, but to the city, to the to people around you? You know, Jesus had a mission statement, and that mission was given to him from the Father. And as I outlined in this chapter 7, what was his mission statement? He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he, is, because he has anointed me to bring glad tidings to the poor to proclaim liberty to captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free and to proclaim a year acceptable to the Lord. This vision oriented his whole life and mission. Now if we think about his mission and that mission statement of his, isn't ours kind of the same? I mean, it kind of flows from that and it's related, it's intimately related to reconcile, Jesus reconciled. He also made disciples and he lived the mission that came from the Father to bring glad tidings to the poor, to proclaim liberty to captives in recovery of sight, and let the oppressed go free. You know, so this really, in some ways, our vision statement, this, uh, our, our vision statement really flows intimately from the heart of Jesus and what, embracing his mission. Yes, but it's put in, in a few different words, in you know, six different words, actually, than what his was, but it's, it really, it's, it's, it's not something that just fell out of the sky. It's something that if we, if we look back, and I think if we all look back through the process, we will see how, from the, all the conversations that we had, how this vision statement really has flowed from not only the mission of Jesus, but the mission statement of the diocese, I think. You know, and I think that was one of the, the I think the beauties of the, of the was, was the conversations that we had was we listened to different people and people I'd never met before, you know, in the diocese. And it was like, wow, this is a, a, a shared vision that we came together. And I think, obviously, through your guidance, it was able to really hone in on what I think we wanted to do for Christ. So it's reconcile, make disciples, and live the mission. This is our, this is... You know, this is our vision statement, moving forward into the future for the Diocese of Rapid City. You know, I know we're almost out of time. We have just about three minutes, three or four minutes left, and we kind of want to bring our conversation to a conclusion. I would just invite you to share anything as, that you would like to as we end our, our discussion. Well, i just been sitting here listening to all these great comments, and I just think, I mean, this is really a beautiful thing to have this opportunity to have this mission statement and then have this vision flow from the mission statement. But I still find myself thinking about the family a lot because I think I was listening to a a reflection and it talked about the two great commandments, but then it also said, love your neighbor as yourself. But we have, this all starts with our family. So if all of our families would, would take this document and look at it and start discussing this around their family tables and, and really talk about what does this mean to you? Young children get it. When you talk about reconciling, when you talk about making decisions, they, they, they understand more than we, I think, give them credit for at times. But to me, this is where it all starts. So if we are doing this in our own homes and we are reconciling within our, our own families, and we are teaching our children what it means to, to live 
a life of faith to make disciples. And we're praying and we are doing this with, within our own walls, our own homes. And then start living this mission out by teaching our children and to go out into their parishes and be involved. And, and I just think if everybody would do this, if we get all of our families living this mission, I just think what a beautiful thing that could be for our church and for our world. Because I, I just think right now, our society, in, in this culture that we're living in, it's very difficult to raise children when, when the world's telling them, this is what you want, this is what's going to make you happy, and we're saying, no, no, no. An encounter with Jesus Christ is what's going to lead you to a fulfilling life. So I really feel like the family, we need to really work with our families and, and support them in, in any way that we can because I just think that's where it starts. Amen to that. Mm-hmm. All right, Helen? You know, I was thinking about, actually, just as you had kind of said, you know, each everybody should have a mission statement. Everybody should have that. Barb spoke about the family, and I'm thinking about the school, you know, and my students. We really started implementing these this process. How do we reconcile, even as we correct children, even as we do that, and how do we create disciples, that encounter with Christ? But I'm thinking about, hmm, wonder what, you know, that would look like if we just started to really have that conversation with kids. What is your mission? Right Write a mission statement. So you, you've kind of planted some seeds in my head. Great. <laughs> well, you know, I kind of think that our mission is tied so closely to Christ's mission that I love the quote you used from uh, Teresa of Avila about Christ has no body. And the last line really makes me keep going. Yours are the hands through which he blesses all the world. I think that kind of sums up what our mission in in life is. Amen to that. Well, thank you, panel, for being with us today. It's been a great conversation. The time's gone so fast, um, so quickly. But I want to just kind of conclude with a couple thoughts, and, and they have they were written in this um, through him, with him, and in him. But it's and it's regard to this vision statement. You know, reconcile, make disciples, live the mission. You know, these are really the foundational stones for moving the diocese into the future. Not the diocese is this big, large thing across Western South Dakota, but the diocese is our individuals, as families, as our parishes, as the church in Western South Dakota. And I go on to say, as, as this vision becomes an integral part of our lives, as individuals, as families, Barb, as you were saying, as parishes, as a diocese, our lives will be reoriented, and we, this is a beautiful part about it, we will visibly see the world changing around us. Vision with action will tangibly make present the kingdom of God. So if we embrace this, reconcile making disciples live the mission, we will tangibly make presence the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. So let us close with a, conclude with a prayer. Glory be to the Father, and to, to the, the Son, and, and to the Holy Spirit, Spirit. As, as it was, was in the beginning, beginning is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The Lord be with you. And may with your spirit. spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Go now in the peace of Christ. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God.